Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza, and today my guest is Liz Nuremberg, fellow, uh, I mean, I, I guess we're not even neighbors. We're like roommates in that building, right? It's very true. Yeah, yes. so TSA LA, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm in Monta Vista, so we are very closely... Uh, related to each other in terms of our artist-run spaces, right? Right, right, right. Neighbors and sharing, sharing, lots of sharing that happens. Yeah, and, and <laughs> lots of arguments over the closet. Right, exactly. <laughs> who, who did do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then you were alluding, I actually still don't really know what the model is. And I know that there's five different setups. So I'm going to explain Monta Vista for the viewers so that they have an idea. Because sure. this is probably interesting to them. Sure. So Monta Vista is a curatorial collective. Mm -hmm. We don't show in our own space. We uh, try to like hype up other people. And uh, there's like 14 of us. And we vote on on proposals. Like people will send us unsolicited stuff. Sometimes we'll vote on that. That's not an invitation to send us a bunch of unsolicited stuff because, you know, uh, we also want to put up our own shows as members. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't need a flood of that. But uh, yeah, and then we po propose shows to each to each other, and the group votes on them whether or not. Uh, oh, yeah, it's very democratic. Yeah, uh, I mean that's just how we do it. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do it. Well, um, it's similar, not too different. Um, the cool thing about TSA is that it's a network of artist-run spaces. So we have five locations. There's Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, and Philadelphia, and most recently in the South. And we have a common board and we have a common mission, but each of the spaces kind of function individually. And so in LA, we have... Um, I think there might be about 15 members now and mm -hmm. we all pay dues and we every other year we get a curatorial spot to curate a show in the space. We don't take a lot of submissions because there's so many members and we all want to curate. Um, and we also don't typically show our own work in the gallery space, but we do a lot of international exchanges. And yeah. so that's where we kind of show our work. And if, if we do an exchange with a different country and they want some of our work in there in the space with their work, then we'll do that. But, um, but it's pretty cool because we can also collaborate across all the cities too, if yeah. we want to do, um, larger exchanges and, and, and the cities are Philadelphia, uh, LA, New York, uh, you go ahead. I New York, Philly, Chicago, Los Angeles, and um, South Carolina. South Carolina, yeah, yeah. yeah. That Chicago, I knew the South Carolina one was the one that I knew I was gonna forget. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the newest one, so I'm like, yeah. So then, and then you're also a teacher, and I know this because uh, Lauren Marotti, who's mm -hmm. been on the show, yeah. and is my uh, belay buddy in yeah. the climbing gym, is yeah. like uh, talks about you a lot. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah, she was. Um, she was in grad school at Northridge while I was teaching there, and she was my. TA for a year. Oh, really? It was really fun. Cool. Yeah, I teach um, I teach in foundation. I teach at Otis, so I've mm. been really enjoying that. But, yeah. Yeah, and you teach, uh, like, you're mostly, what, what would you identify as in terms of? My own practice or yeah. what I teach? Well, what, well, I mean, we take both. No, yeah, I didn't realize yeah, there were two yeah. questions oh, in there. Oh, no. I mean, I teach, uh, I teach t um, in 3D. So like 3D design, but not the not the computer kind, not yet anyway. Um, are you are you learning how to? I'm trying to learn mm -hmm. right now. It's it's I'm I'm a very handmade person, so mm -hmm. I feel like it's a different zone for me. But I'm definitely wanting to adapt and grow and change. So, 
trying to do that. Um, and then I also teach a class called creative practice, which is like sort of first go at a studio practice, how to go about doing research and coming up with ideas, figuring out what form that takes and then following through with making it. And, and all my students are freshmen. So it's kind of interesting to see them go through that for the first time. And my personal practice is kind of multimedia. I make interactive soft sculptures, things that are touchable, um, that people can put on or use as furniture in different ways. And then I also do some sound and a little bit of video um, and some drawing. That sounds cool. So like, uh, so when pe when you say soft sculptures that are interactive, I think of the, the goat uh, Oldenburg. Are you a fan or no? I don't think I know what the goat Oldenburg is. Uh, the, is. the greatest of all time, Old, uh, Klaus Oldenburg. Oh, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I definitely... You teach freshmen. I do, but I, I'm also like, you got to give me a little bit of a break because I have a three-year-old, I got long COVID, and I have chemo brain. So I'm all sorts of brain dead. Um, oh. <laughs> sorry. Um, no, Klaus Oldenburg was one of my, like, first loves with soft sculpture and mm. then i found out that his wife like does most did most of his sewing so you know oh wow the woman behind the man Damn, you know. <laughs> i don't know if i respect him more or yeah, less now yeah. hey, <laughs> i'm being ironic I'm, I'm judging you right now <laughs> yeah no yeah. that doesn't sound good at all yeah um yeah so soft sculpture i think uh i think um you know his work is probably funnier than mine but but yeah so you're you you stay maybe a little bit well like interactive like what do you mean, what uh, how are they interactive? How are they interactive? Well, um, like I mean, other than being touchy, like are, yeah. do they invite you to touch them? How how is it like? Yeah, I mean, I think um, a lot of them are to put on. It depends on. I have different bodies of work um mm -hmm. and so some of them are more hand pieces some of them are more like larger that you can get inside of some of them um are are kind of like actual furniture like chairs and things like that um but uh i i think you know i've, I've done different ways about going about instructions sometimes i'll have drawings that show them being used sometimes there's images sometimes they're just out sometimes i perform with them and interact with people. Um, but it kind of all stems from when I was in my 20s and 30s, I was pretty obsessed with rom-coms and mm -hmm. really interested in that sort of nonverbal communication that would happen from across the room where they see each other and it's like this moment, you know, this like magic moment. And so I sort of fell in love with this magic moment in grad school and I started making all these headpieces that were in the sort of space of like a kiss and they would, you know, just hide the head and have this space in between that was really quite intimate proximity wise. And, um, and so, you know, those ones, it's like you see people in it and then, you know, you can try it. So it's like, mm. yeah, I don't know if that answers. No, your yeah. yeah. Or not. So that, that, no. And that gives us an idea of how, how people interplay with it. So there, so I, there's wearable stuff. So like, I, I think that there's one piece I've seen that's like a VR headset kind of configuration, but like with a really big extended, like goggle, or is that not you? Or maybe, maybe I'm confused. How does it, how do people wear this? They put that on their this head. This is this is one. Of, this is a body wedge. This is like a 
This is a very sad piece because this was the last piece I made before the pandemic. And so then, you know, that obviously the pandemic changed things for me. But um, this is like a body wedge where it's meant to go between two people and you kind of press up against it and, and hold it in place. And then there's this head space window that allows mm. you to have um, eye contact and conversation through it. I think the piece that you're thinking of with the goggles is this. Um, I mean, it's still soft. It's not like a hard sculpture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the this one. No, the got the got the one that I'm visualizing. I maybe I'm confusing it mm -hmm. with somebody else, or maybe I don't know. No, I mean I probably ha I've just made a lot of work by this point, <laughs> and it all it's like I like have been in this zone for quite a while. So, um, you know, I don't know exactly which one you're thinking of, but a lot of them do that. Like a lot of them are in this space and have this very kind of direct eye contact. Direct space. eye contact. Yeah. yeah. So then the rom-com thing, I'm actually kind of curious about because mm -hmm. people like people either hate them or they oh, love yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Do you love hate them? I, I love hate them. Okay. I, well, I love love them and love hate them. Um, I think I know they're trash. Okay. Like, I, I know that they're trash. And I, my, my husband is a cinematographer and he's like a film snob. And <laughs> so there's just like a lot of movies that he won't watch with me. But, um, but I've been obsessed with them for so long. And then it's the ironic thing is that I was obsessed with them the entire time I was single. It was like I would watch them over and over again. And then I got married and had a kid, and now I'm, like, watching horror movies and stuff. So it's, like, it's different. <laughs> really? Like like what horror movies? Like Hereditary and that kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just – I could ha not handle gore at all. I was uh -huh. just, like, in this zone of, like, I'm either going to watch, like, an art film or a foreign film or a rom-com. And now I'm, like, oh, do you let's think watch it's... some psychological thrillers. <laughs> do you think that it's, like, dealing with all the – the uh human waste <laughs> that you Maybe. have to deal with as a like it it it, it uh i mean because that's pretty close to gore okay. like i think that the same reaction no i mean abject is like re it's like real right like it's like especially with a are you talking about like human waste like with a kid like with yeah a like white yeah. like diapers yeah. and stuff oh, yeah. and pee oh, yeah. and, and urine oh, and yeah. whatnot oh yeah i was like <laughs> Uh, it's like yeah never mind i'm not gonna say no that. Really <laughs> we're on youtube but, yeah don't don't say that but but it's really real you know yeah, the, yeah. the body is very real no <laughs> I, I i that that's actually like i've never thought of that that just clicked in my head that it might be but i mean no one's also also no one's ever told me that they used to like rom-coms and then after having a kid they like horror <laughs> <laughs> there's mean, maybe a little bit more to examine there but we're not that kind of show <laughs> yeah it might be like like the, murder is now pressing in your head right it might be like some subconsciously like you want the thing that you can't have like when you're single you're watching this i'm watching these rom-coms like oh look how romantic and beautiful and then like when you're when you're pregnant you're not supposed to see anything like scary like because it'll like mess with your hormones and your like stressors and like for and so I it's like there's yelling I in the background. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> the child <laughs> um yeah but anyway i thought it, it is it is strange yeah yeah that's funny. So then uh, romantic comedies are, are is it's interesting to me cuz that's like like I I'm I mean I, maybe not a good comparison cuz the Fast and the Furious movies are loved by everybody. Yeah. But really? they're like are they? Are yeah. they really? <laughs> oh, maybe it is a good example. <laughs> everybody loves them. Uh no, I mean Fast and the Furious but I get it's like that trashy but like really well constructed. So like what are some good rom-coms? I mean, Sleepless in Seattle is really? a classic. Right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. That's the one where they don't meet. 
ever on no, like they un- do. until like the like they're the like they're, they're not even in the same. It's all about the build up. <laughs> Come on, then it gets real and like the body comes in after that, and then you uh, get like the you know you know it's like it's romance, pure romance. Okay, what else? What uh, a- I'm sorry, I'm not gonna shit on your next. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, probably a little secret that not very many people know about me. I watched Greece every night the senior year I was in high school. Every single night I watched it and fell asleep to it. And it's not it, a typical rom com, but you know, Sandy. No, I mean I think that's like Yeah. It's got all the archetypes. Yeah. yeah. It's the it's it's uh it's the original uh she's all that. Right, right. You know, right, where the girl right, is like right. kind of court nerdy and whatnot. Right. And he still liked her, but now that they're now that the peer pressure's that's a weird it's play. Really, yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> it's very weird. I don't know. You know, I probably these are the things you shouldn't tell people, but whatever. No, no, Full well it's it's funny. I I like it because it's like uh it's one of those things that kind of it's entertaining, but it goes against like uh, the 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 new um, which I've talked on the show before about the new Top Gun movie oh, is like yeah. you know antithetical to everything that I I, I I hold dear, but I love the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you got to make space for that. There's so much terrible sh- stuff going on in the world, yeah, you know, yeah. like having those little moments where it can just be just you know trash. Is it fair to ask which? Uh, like where when when you're like dating your husband before you got married, mm-hmm. was it like oh this is like that movie or this is like this movie or it was is that it it's not that literal. I mean it's it's no I mean it's not really that literal and it's interesting too because when I met Aaron I had been online dating for a while and mm-hmm. I was like done like I was yeah. done and I was like. I don't even know why I'm going on this last date. I was like a half an hour late, which I never am. Like mm. I was the one who would like sit on the date with the terrible person and just like, cause I would feel bad like leaving. And, um, but there was that, there was that moment. There was this like moment of like, we went on the date. We had this nice chat. It was really cute. He walked me to my car and when I was going to get in, he like pulled me back with his hand and then kissed me. But he was so shy. Like mm-hmm. he was such a shy person that him doing that, like, knocked my socks off i was like i never would have expected that from from this person he must be more than what i'm seeing so Mm. you know kind of built from there nice that's very cute that's a that's a good meet cute i mean it's not traditional meet cute in terms of like movies because it's with an app yeah do any are there any rom-coms that start on apps oh i'm sure certainly i mean well there's uh he's just not that into you and i think there's like the drew barrymore character is doing tons of online dating oh yeah yeah Yeah, but i mean like the just the whole thesis of it being around that no i mean i guess that like it's not romantic enough for cinema you know it's like just what everybody does maybe in like you know five years when that's like not needed and there's like this other way of like I don't know. Yeah. What it, I don't know what it'll be, but <laughs> <laughs> Neuralink. Exactly. <You're> like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It is. It. It, it is an interesting genre. Um, any any insights as an artist as to that before we move out away from rom coms? What do you mean, like like like? Is there any anything that like people would not think about? Like for example, the 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 thing that people don't really get about. Fast and the Furious is how brilliant the the chronology of it is because they kill off one character 
Right. And then they make all these movies that happen before he dies that are sequels. Right. And then in the end, after like I think in the last one he was never dead. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right. they like did all this contorting and in the end they were just like, Ah, you know what? He's still alive. We like him. <laughs> right, right, right. Ah, I'm not I'm not sure about that. I mean I definitely when I was like started to think about this really with my work and like actually consider it and not have it just be like this thing that was part of my life that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, I really became aware of like relationships as being a construction. Like it, it was something that we, um, kind of build up and make and create. And like the idea of like my experience of something, is, is that experience and somebody else's experience is this other one and you're kind of coming together and it's this constant compromise. So like it is this sort of construction um, and, and that is something that's kind of different than the, the, the sort of typical rom-com construction of like they, they meet, they come together, they have their like meet cute. Um, then there's some sort of like problem that evolves that they have to overcome and then they win in the end and it's oh so great, you know, which I guess is a construction in itself, but it's like always that same yeah. storyline. Right. And yeah. It is. It is interesting. It's funny that you did. <laughs> at first when you said construction, I was like construct. And I was like, where is this going? <laughs> it's a social construct. Right, right. Well, I mean, kind of. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Right? No, no. <laughs> it, it, it works in both ways. But it, it is funny. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that like there's a lot of toxicity in pop culture too. That that kind of is weird. We're like, I don't know about. There's like really a lot of popular music that is 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 toxic in its like in its, I giving you something to identify with. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's some songs that are just terrible. And then there's like recently, I don't know if this is a new thing, but there's a song by Dominic Fike. Dominic Fike where it's like he's talking about just being infatuated with somebody that's not interested in him which I, I think has always been ex like existed but like that like really like let's say a therapist approved yeah. <laughs> sort of way yeah. of processing pain yeah. is maybe not uh, uh, in that realm so much like I think that like and I feel like rom-com that happens because it's like a lot of emotionally not mature people yeah. <laughs> writing yeah. Yeah. And, there, and sometimes there's like blatant misogyny oh like, yeah what's yeah. like like it's pretty pretty woman is pretty misogynist or no yeah i mean <laughs> probably they they all are i mean they're playing on stereotypes too right yeah, like yeah. it's it's it's, it's you, you know camilla trash. taylor i do okay yeah. so she was saying that like she hates them because they like always humiliate the woman and i'd never thought of that yeah. but then i thought of uh all of uh what's her name's career um sandra right. bullock oh, okay. <laughs> oh, right right meg ryan actually is not... meg ryan is she... like the, the queen of but does she does she get humiliated ever really in movies i'm trying to think that might that might be an exception because hmm. like uh sandra bullock is more slapsticky right 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 but yeah well i mean there there's like the... there's some dignified thing to like meg there's... ryan yeah i feel like I mean, there's the You've Got Mail where she's like, you know, her bookstore gets closed and then she still ends up with the, the guy. From oh, yeah. Like that one is a bad one. Store. <laughs> yeah. so you know what? Not super great. I'm sorry. Sleep, sleepless in Seattle. I conflated with the, that one. Uh, okay. That one is okay. a terrible one. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I think sleepless no. in Seattle is actually just unbelievable. Like she, you know, he's like on the radio. His son yeah. calls the radio and then like, yeah. it's just not ever going to happen in this universe. Oh, I forgot what I was gonna say about the other one. But yeah, the, the the there's the fun scene where the guy where where he's like, 
they're talking about the Dirty Dozen as if it's the... Yeah, and they start crying. At the same way that women... Yeah. No, there are some good hallmarks there. Oh, the thing that I was going to say is the ironic thing about You Got Mail is that it's about borders taking over a small bookstore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they're gone, So it's like a bad movie about like something horrible. Like, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now it's... Now it would be like she would be dating... She would be borders dating Jeff Bezos. Right, right. It's just trash. It's all trash. I'm a terrible person for... No, no, no. Enjoyed them. <laughs> no, I, I think that there's something very human about that, you know? Like, I like the World Cup, and it is, like, maybe the most based, not, like, in the contemporary, like, you know, not based, but, like, the most, like, degenerate. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. I don't know about the World Cup. I mean. Uh, yeah, we don't have to get into it. There's okay. a lot of slavery involved in the last one. <laughs> okay. I mean, it would probably be this. I could interview you about it, maybe, and ask the questions. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that. <laughs> That I've I'm I'm well documented on my opinions about soccer. Okay, okay, you don't you, we can just fill in with some that are clips from before. Yeah, just yeah. Okay. No, or people are just like tired of hearing it. Right, <laughs> and right. they they're like playing the clip in their head. I mean, you know, don't put words in their mouth. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I have been in a very like me saturated space where I'm kind of like. Ugh, over like editing myself yeah well <laughs> how many of these have you done i'm at like 160 something yeah so, so i just i need to get to the point where i can hire an editor so right. that so that my self-esteem goes back up right that is perfect <laughs> you're you're at the the breaking point of your own editing it's like yeah. now now's, now's the, the time, time. yeah exactly so any like so then meg ryan's the queen any any other like big uh big iconic things hmm. i feel like there's i'm just not equipped to ask the right questions about rom-coms it's okay we don't even i mean it's i just really... no, but i am i'm fascinated by the yeah. whole the whole yeah. premise but yeah i mean i, I it, you know i knew i know this dog is super engaged he's really he, he wants to be he, heard so he, bad yeah there's a dog and you got mail so he's he knows <laughs> there's actually probably a lot of dogs in in rom-coms yeah it makes them there's like isn't there a must-have dogs or there's one that's all about oh the truth about cats and dogs and that one too yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's a separate one um i think that that might be i don't know how old you are but i get the sense that you might be a little younger than me i doubt it you doubt it actually i'm 44 oh whoa shit (laughs) (laughs) you look all right (laughs) it's like special i have like really good uh, face cream so oh okay well you should totally plug it lying. so that we can all yeah i'm just li- i'm actually okay. lying <laughs> so then you so then you do remember when uh janine garofalo was an icon it, yeah. of rom-com before she became like a political figure that everybody hated and now nobody doesn't even know her anymore. right right <laughs> like, i've 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 seen her through those phases yeah. yeah so it's it's good that was her and uma thurman right yeah and that was actually i, I enjoyed that movie too I, there's probably reasons why i shouldn't have and why they're not okay now and that is real um well no i it had a feminist in it you're, yeah. you're fine yeah okay well <laughs> that must have saved the day save the day jesus this dog is really excited today yeah, he probably hears me talking i think it's coco the dog next door oh okay and he's like hey why aren't you paying attention to me what's (laughs) happening no no i mean but you know i think it's it i I was thinking about you know starting out with because i don't think about 
I mean, I don't really feel like my work is at all about rom-coms anymore. I kind of just cycled forward into just... Now it's about horror. Now it's about horror. No, but maybe, soft. With, this, maybe with this new piece. It's about <laughs> <laughs> killing you softly. No, um, I think, you know, it's it's... I was thinking about when I finished grad school and I was like a nanny for a little while and like how the work shifted. And then, you know, as I move through the relationships in my life, how it kind of works along with that. So it's interesting, but it's not really something that I think about now regularly. And yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm more into like psychological thrillers and horror now. So like now you're into the Pelican brief. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did, I, I did. Do you remember watching that movie? So I remember being not great. No, <laughs> I mean, super hyped and not great. Same thing, like that. All those '90s movies that were like, like The Firm. I remember watching that and just being yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, or the net, like yeah, 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 yeah. Like, You watch those movies now, and it's just like almost like a different universe. Because I I remember things feeling like super like, you know, almost like like hackers, you know, or like really like technology was so weird and, and well there was, was that. just like oh it's so like what were we yeah well no i mean the paranoia like the the enemy of the state that will smith movie with gene hackman where yeah. he's like running from the nsa yeah and that being like kind of far-fetched at the time yeah. now it's like oh yeah i'm sure yeah it's <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about stuff I heard on the radio, but I was listening, You're more than to, welcome to. Was listening to NPR the other day and they were talking about that movie Megan, which I have not seen I yet. I haven't seen it either. But it, this whole idea of like an AI kind of going haywire and uh -huh. like killing people and the 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 person who the the person who was talking about it was saying like this is not a new model for film, you know, because there's always the same stories. They just yeah, get sort yeah. of dressed up differently. This is not a new story, but you know, in the eighties and nineties when these movies were coming out, it was so far fetched. Like there was just not in our realm of possibility. And now people are super excited about this movie because it's like in the realm of possibility. Yeah. Which I just think is No, strange. and then and then like but it's also funny because these movies come and go and they're so outdated. Like the net like right, the net, right, who, the, right. who, what Zoomer would even know what that movie is about? Right. The net, right? No one but, calls it the net. Well, no, and like, but also, like, it was so weird that she was just uh, like uh, agoraphobic and living in her house and like having everything delivered and like getting pizza oh, I don't and like, remember that, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, like, yeah, 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 and like having like all these like uh, FedEx envelopes coming and working from home. And it was, and I was like, that's like pandemic life. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Know. Pandemic life was weird, <laughs> but you know, in terms of that AI stuff, it is getting really scary. And like the, the, um, there was recently a scandal. I don't expect you to know who any of these people are, okay. but like there's all these, there's this like subculture of Twitch streamers that are, that have migrated to YouTube. Okay. Right. And there's this guy, Ludwig, who's dating this person named QT Cinderella. Okay. And they're super famous, like, big stars that, like, could rival, I think, probably financially, like, movie stars okay. at this point. Wow. So these are, like, really high-stake youngsters that interact with their fans. They have parasocial relationships with their fans. So there was a scandal recently because this guy was, this other guy that's friends with Ludwig, I don't know his name, uh, he was on stream and he hit his tabs and it showed the 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 tabs he had open and one of them was for deep ai deep fakes of women in pornography and one of the people that was 
in that like a lot of the, like he was friends with the people that were being deep faked in that like Pokemane, which wow. is a streamer uh ludwig's girlfriend qt cinderella so it's like it's a it broke out like the guy completely ruined his career out of just morbid curiosity but it's wow. really interesting like it's brought up a conversation about the violation of of ai in those huh. in those spaces because you know I was like, ah, it's not a big deal. Then I pictured myself in a porno getting reamed, and I was like, oh no, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a bit of a violation. Yeah, yeah. And, but I don't know. I mean, it's there's so much conversation around AI right now. I feel like I'm hearing it from every everywhere. Avenue. Well, there's Chad GPT now yeah, too. Yeah, and so it's just uh, you know, kind of, and I hand sew. So like, yeah, you know, it's like how do, how does this how does this play out? I don't know. Well, it's crazy because creators, like content creators, are actively using all of this stuff yeah, to, like, yeah. as a tool, right. which is like it's an interesting thing because it 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 gives credence to that like scraping the internet and stealing ideas kind of thing, you know. Uh, I did. I looked it up because my mom wanted to know how to write an artist statement, and I was like, "Oh, oh just use ChatGPT." Yeah, have AI write it for you. Yeah, no, no, no. Just ask. Like, I told her to just ask her, ask ChatGPT how to do it, and okay. it's like gonna be better. And there you go. It basically told her exactly what I did, but just laid it out. Wow. You know. Okay. I was like, "Mom, it's different than a bio. All these things, and it was all laid out." Right. I was like, "Nice." Right. 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 Yeah. 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 I mean, it's unfolding so quickly, too. I just feel like the, you know, the world is going to be a different place in like two years. Yeah. You know? And it's so much faster, too. Yeah. yeah. That's really wild. What do you see? Where do you see the future of rom-coms? I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to peg you rom-com I mean, lady. No, no, don't do it. I I'm none. I'm well, like, no, Megan, I, I, that's also interesting because a lot of that stuff like movies like that they all get claimed by communities too where it's mm -hmm. like a queer movie i haven't mm -hmm. seen it but i know it's a I queer movie it, yeah. i know it's a it's a this movie and like so many people adopt it right like yeah. it's really strange it's uh like i don't i like i don't understand politics anymore in terms of uh of of what like what people gravitate towards in, in, in terms of entertainment, you know, cause of the, especially like with that, with that Top Gun movie, yeah. like it's completely apolitical. Right. In, 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 uh, in culture ways and in terms of like, they don't, we, it's just an ambiguous enemy. Right. Which is even darker cause then right. it's like the forever war, right? Right. Right. And it applies to any enemy that we're fighting. We can watch this movie and like project it on there. Right. So. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that is, I guess that is a big question is like, like what is the role of entertainment and like how does that fit in with like the actuality of the world and what's happening do you ever feel like a lot of it is propaganda oh yeah i mean it's you know i was also listening you know just about casablanca and how that was like oh, i'm probably not gonna get this right but um they were i was listening to a radio show and they were talking about casablanca and how that was meant to change the the people in the United States mind about World War II and getting involved in World War II. Yeah. And, and I just, when I watched that, that wasn't on my scope of like understanding, but now kind of reflecting on that, it's like, it's very real, you know? So yeah. I think it, that, it, you know, film, entertainment, media, art, all of that has very much obviously a potential to, to, to activate and become political and like have a, have an agenda, even like a, 
you know, to change people's minds about things. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Well, do you want to maybe talk a little bit about your place in the art world in terms of business? Because you were saying some interesting stuff earlier on that you felt like a lot of the, what, what tier was it that you said? Like the, 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 the mid-range. Mid-range galleries. Yeah. Like what, what, who would you consider in that space? Uh, separate from the ones that are failing, right? Like what, what would one be one examples of mid-range galleries that are not failing so that people have an idea? Because one of the things that you said is that most, a lot of them aren't being able to sustain. And then... I mean, I don't want to call it any names. I just no, no, no. I'm like, not. I'm just saying, like, yeah. what, like, to 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 get an idea of what mid range is instead of like, oh, this gallery filled, this gallery filled. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess. Like, would so. you say like night gallery would be in that range of mid mid tier galleries, or is that higher than that? It's funny because I feel like when I first learned about night gallery, they were definitely like artist run, much more grungy and artist run, and like you know, when they were first in LA, I'd go to their space and it was all black and like. Cool. Now I feel like yeah, they're definitely like mid range, maybe even moving up. Like, and that's very... not like we we're no begrudging success. No, it's no, just it's, an observation. It's, it's so very, yeah, it's so great. galleries in that sp in that tier, you feel like maybe aren't aren't thriving as much as or, well, aren't. I, yeah, and I don't. I mean, I'm by no means an expert on it. I just feel like I've been in LA watching where the galleries are change the locations and then galleries that were are somehow not, or you notice them going more online or, you know, and I yeah. think probably a lot with the pandemic too. Um, and so I've, I've never really been, I never really considered that my work would be desirable in a gallery. Like it doesn't feel as saleable to me because it's something that people use with their body and they do sweat on it and they do mm. put their makeup on it. And it's not something that, you know, you just, install. maybe somebody could just hang it on the wall, but in, in its way, then it's this relic. It's no longer doing what I, you know, sort of imagine it to do, which is to create this interaction. And so I've never really sought out trying to have a gallery and sell my work. So I'm by no means an expert, but I do think just personally, I'm really more interested in what's happening at the artist run spaces because I feel like so many of us are going out there and starting things and like creating opportunities for other artists and just trying to make interesting things happen. Yeah. Um, which I almost just feel like is totally separate from the commercial world of art in a lot of ways, like, because there's nothing wrong with selling your work. Like, it would be great if I could sell my work and make a living, but you know, I've just never imagined myself in that space. So, mm -hmm. so then you are essentially like, do you, do you have any aspirations to change the, 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 the work modality to try to become more com commercial? Has that temptation ever come to you? Uh, not, not, I mean, I'm not judging. Yeah. I, I, most of my friends function in this space yeah. the same way and I don't get paid for this. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to, but you yeah. know what I mean? No. So, yeah. so, so it's not a quest. It's just out of curiosity and, and also to give people an idea of like what different kinds of artists there are, yeah. you know, yeah. is that, is that something that you ever feel the need to, or are you happy that like, cause you could also just be content having a day job and then making the art for yourself. Yeah. I mean, let me see. I think my ultimate goal is to, it would be to support myself off of my art. And probably for me, that would look more like if I could have exhibitions that were funded, supported, if I could have grants, mm -hmm. you know, um, and then if the work could sell um, in a way that wasn't, you know, that was more like 
you know, as a relic. Um, that would be like pie in the sky for me. That would be mm-hmm. amazing. Um, but I do, but I don't, I don't really think about, like, as, as I said, I don't really think about making money off my work right now. So having that day job is important to me being able to fund my own mm-hmm. work. Um, but I have thought a lot about like the possibility of like, I don't think an artist has to be one thing. Like, and I think it could be really interesting to have, you know, something that I make go into like a high design shop or to make furniture. Like there's some of my furniture that I think could be really cool in like public spaces. I made this courting chair rocker where the people sit facing each other Mm. and it's a rocking chair. And so you're rocking with another person and I've showed it a bunch and it's really fun. People really love it. And I'm like, Oh, if I could make a version of that, that could be outside. Um, there's a cat over there. That's why. Uh, <laughs> um, but that could be like in a park, you know, you could sell like 10 of them and they could be in a park. Like, that would be an amazing yeah, yeah. thing. Um, so I've, I've, I've thought about those things. I just haven't had the kind of capital to make that happen. I feel like you'd have to kind of start a, a business Do you know, model. do you know Samuel Scharf? Mm. Uh, he's um, Megan Muller's uh, partner. Mm-mm. Okay, Mm-mm. he does. He he does uh, gorilla installations of like park benches. Oh, cool. They're like they're buckets and then just a piece of wood. Oh, cool. I mean they they, yeah. not, they they vary, but like they're very simple. Yeah. Kind of like non. They, they it's almost looks like it's not a bench, mm-hmm. but it but people use them. So he installs them gorilla style throughout the city, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean it would be nicer if you got paid for that. <laughs> and no, right. and sometimes some I think he sometimes he gets commissioned to do that too as well. I don't want to misspeak yeah. and say that he's just yeah. but um but yeah, I think that that's an interesting like I think there is a lot of people that just have the need to make and they don't uh really care about anything else other than the actual making part. Yeah. And it's interesting because I don't think that I think that a lot of people are taught to sort of kind of like have an ick factor towards commercializing their work or monetizing their work. So it's interesting, but I think that even with that training, the fact that everybody still makes work, you know, like, like it's like, it really is interesting that it's not about that, you know, like, you know, Molly Shulman and, and, and everybody else like in Carl and all of those people, it's like, it's, it's almost a sickness. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, and I I think that that kind of gives the artist run scene vibrancy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we just want to make cool stuff happen Yeah, yeah, and like have a good time while we're doing it. Yeah. It's community too. It's yeah. It's really important. So then uh, you're pretty active. You did a show at TSALA not too long ago. That's the with So Young and Anton. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Anthony, sorry. Yeah, Ante. Uh, yeah. yeah, but he professionally goes by Anthony, so I want to respect that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, um, they were in the show. It was a show I curated called In Between, and it was um, the, the sort of through line was a line. Um, I wanted to bring together all different kinds of work that's centered on the line, but in a different sort of conceptual way. So there was, let's see, um, uh, I'm going to not get this. You don't, don't, don't list names. Okay. (laughs) When you list names, you forget one. It's just just a a problem. It's just a natural. No one should be offended. Don't say any names. (laughs) And they won't know which one you forgot. I won't know. (laughs) But yeah, the work was really beautiful because it, 
it kind of centered around this very simple formal connection, but the it was all very different in terms of what it looked like and the materials that were used and the ideas that were coming together. Um, and I thought it was, it was really exciting for me to pull this group of people together too. So, what do you like about curating? What like wh that? What do you get out of that? Other than uh, that, you don't get out of like maybe um, what you call it, just like your own practice. Yeah, I mean, I really like to look at work and think about work, and I like to bridge these connections. And I read a lot. Like I really like to read books, um, and I I read, you know, kind of fiction books, but I also really like to read textbooks and and um, contemporary art books that that sort of talk about themes in art. And so that gives me an opportunity to explore that in a real way. And also, I'm, I really love to be able to create opportunities for other people. Um, so being able to meet people through curating, do studio visits, and, um, and also just support the work that I like to see. Yeah, is a really great opportunity. That's yeah. that is a good one. Like to promote more of the art you want in the world. Exactly. It, yeah, that's I I dig that. Where, where are you from originally? I I grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Okay, Very so rural. And you came out here when? I moved out here for grad school. I went to Claremont. I moved out in two thousand nine. So I've been here. How was that plus. in terms of transitioning? Did you feel like you got a good network of people? Because I know that CSUN has a really good network of people like that are very supportive, even though it's, I mean, it's still a UC school, so it's yeah. not, it's no slouch, but it's not maybe like of the same prestige as like other other colleges as a, as a, like, I'm comparing it to UCLA and USC. Sure, no. sure, sure, sure. <laughs> not not like you know. Yeah. I'm not disparaging it. I mean, Claremont is is a college. I hear the I've had guests on here. Is it is it. Uh, a tight knit community. Or did most of the people stay in LA, or did they travel? Like, do you have a big network of Claremont people still? I mean, I guess I'll start by saying that, like, I came before I came to Claremont. I was working at this artist residency called Oxbow in the Midwest, and it was like crazy amazing artist community. Mm. It was totally awesome. And I worked there and I worked there full time year round. And so I was facilitating this amazing community for other people. And I got to the point where I was like, I want this for me. Mm -hmm. I want to be in this. It's time for me to go to grad school. And so when I was looking at Claremont, all everything that they would write about it was all like about community. It mm -hmm. was in, um, I had just heard that they had really big studios and, you know, it was right by the base of the mountains in Southern California. And I'm just like freezing in Michigan. And so I was like, this sounds amazing. I want to go there. And so I was going into it feeling like this is going to be so much community. And I found I fe it wasn't quite what I expected, but I mm. found an amazing group of people there. That you're still like connected. And I'm still connected yeah. with. And the crazy thing about Claremont is there we're everywhere in every institution in LA there's just like so many people that went to Claremont um that are out and doing stuff in the arts and not necessarily that everybody's still practicing and like having like shows every weekend but there's people embedded in all the institutions and I, I feel like I feel really supported as an alum there so, yeah yeah and so, so then do, when you, when you started to transition, like you graduate and you're mm -hmm. starting to like look at spaces mm -hmm. or trying to get mm -hmm. shows going, mm -hmm. you, you joined, when, when you did, did you graduate versus what year did you join TSALA? 
yeah. trying to like I kind of yeah. I'm, I'm looking for a description of a roadmap that you took so yeah. that maybe people sure. could emulate it and have sure. an understanding of like you know because uh, that is that is a a legitimate thing LA is hard to navigate oh you yeah know? <laughs> oh yeah well and I had always been told go to grad school where you want to be yeah. like you will build your network and I think in LA you definitely feel like the schools the communities like there's the usc people the cal arts people the ucl you know that's how i think little... of it and i'm trying to break those barriers yeah like, i i i go i'm like i'm having ucla people on this week yeah. i have i'm having these people and then i'm having like non non mfas right, right. you know it's like th that, that's those are like the different clicks yeah yeah so i mean when i when i finished grad school it was what like december 2010 I sort of hung around near Claremont through 11 and I was like, I have to get into LA. I need to live in a storefront. That's what an artist does. I'm going to live in my studio. And so I got this really grungy storefront under the Echo and Echo Park. Whoa, yeah, and it was that's well, grungy. Yeah, it was super grungy. <laughs> and it like had a broken gate and I would crawl through it. It was totally. Isn't the Echoplex under the echo so yeah, it's like so it's, right it, it's the on the even grimier <laughs> yeah people would knock on my door like can i get into the echo from here no <laughs> you know yeah. um but i i lived there for a while and then i was like what am i doing i work with fabric like yeah. i don't need to be in a grungy space i need to be in a clean space and so then i you know i went through my space evolved along but i i also started working for um as a personal assistant for Edward Goldman, who is an art critic for KCRW for mm -hmm. a long time. And I also was a nanny for David Pagel, who was one of my grad school mentors. So I was kind of just doing whatever I could to get by financially to stay in L.A. Um, and then I ended up getting... Nannying. Nanning is not doing. Nannies can pay pretty good sometimes, no. Yeah, but not. I I I, I don't want to talk about that money. <laughs> it's like it was. I was very fortunate to have the, the job, and it actually informed my work a whole lot, like being around kids. And well, I know and, I know a bunch of lady artists that 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 rely on that income. And, yeah. and it's like it's great for them to have that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I but I don't know any guy au pairs. Right. Well, that's, <laughs> that are artists. They should get on it. It's time. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because well, yeah, I think it's more about the parents. <laughs> right, right, right. Actually, actually, after me, there was a, a male uh, former graduate from Claremont who was an au pair for... Jerry Maguire. Yeah, well, no, but... No, but that that's a yeah. perfect rom-com tie-in. There you go. We're circling back <laughs> there's a, around. There's a male au pair. <laughs> We're circling back around. Um, and, then I got a, and then I got a teaching job, so... Yeah. So that sort of sealed the deal, but... Um, yeah, that's that's what's kind of my trajectory. But, Your trajectory, yeah. Yeah. And then and then how did you get into TSALA? Um, you know, it's funny because I Carl mm. <laughs> I knew from Chicago. I knew from Oxbow. Oh, wow. So I've known him for a very long time. And I think he invited he was like right after he kind of joined and he was doing a show and he invited me to come see the space and I went and I was just like this is cool like it's it was in at the time in this really grungy like mall in downtown LA space is like really strange space and um there was just like they were there was a lot of freedom they were doing cool stuff and I was like I want to do this this would be amazing so I like put my name in to be considered when did you uh when, when did we move into the Bendix 
Do you know? Did we move? Did our space, did Monta Vista and TSALA move at the same time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we got that space and, and built that wall in between. And um, I think that was in, it might have been in 17. I think, I, I'm not, I'm probably not right on the dates, but yeah. I took a date there one time and she was like, oh, this is small. I was I, like, oh. now I tell dates ahead of time. It's like, we, I, I, <laughs> I'm at a small gallery uh -huh. so they don't get disappointed. <laughs> you know what though? It's Los Angeles. Like that space That's, is it's huge. No, it's, it's huge, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think, I, I really don't think this person understood what that space is. Yeah. That space is actually really big. Are, and you, are you still dating them? No. Oh, okay. See, so <laughs> they obviously didn't know. It was a date. Yeah. 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 No, that's kind of a deal breaker. Like if you can't, if you're not interested in like, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be, but like, if you don't like art or artists, like you're not yeah. going to have a fun time. <laughs> so you bring all your dates to MVP? Is that what you're? No, I mean, I bring some of them. <laughs> like if there's like a, if there's an event, you know, but, but yeah, like it's also weird. Cause then like you end up bringing a lot of people. Right. Right. <laughs> and then they're like, who's it this week? And then they immediately yeah. know that you do that for everybody. It's not special. For yeah. Them. Seeing a window into your world. <laughs> yeah it's also kind of a test of like can you hang <laughs> right right <laughs> it's not a third it's like a fifth date kind right, of thing you right, know right right uh, you know interestingly Aaron and I's second date I invited him to a I was in a show at the Pasadena Armory and um and another artist that was in the show Michael Parker had this disco ball egg that was a steam room mm -hmm. and he would uh, invite other artists to curate the scent of the steam and then make a playlist. And so I did this with, um, cause I was, I had some of my work in the show. So for one of the weekends, a friend of mine, Erica Ryan Stallins and I did the smell and the soundtrack and we did this like back to school theme. So we put vegan hot dogs and, and, um, number two pencils and apples into this like steam bin and then we got into our like into our bathing suits and we got up in the middle of the gallery into the steam egg and I invited Aaron who's really really shy mm -hmm. on our second date to come and he got up in there and he was up in there sweating with the vegan hot dogs and i was like this one's a winner <laughs> he can hang so yeah you know. so you know exactly what i'm talking exactly. about yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Da da LA dating is weird. And it could it, it, we definitely don't have to get into it. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. We talked a little bit about some stuff off air that you you kind of alluded to. Like are you comfortable talking about that? We can cut that out too. I'm comfortable talking probably about anything. Okay, so you said you were on chemo. Oh yeah. Is yeah. that is that something that like you feel comfortable discussing? I can sure. cut this out if no, you No, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Cuz you have le leukemia but like you have and I, I was shocked because I know it to be a very deadly disease. So can you explain to people sure. what's going on with yeah, that? Yeah, sure. I have um, I have what's called hairy cell leukemia. And it's environmental. I don't know how hairy? I got it. Hairy cell. Yeah, the, it, it's named that because the cells <laughs> mutate to have these little hair, what looks like hair follicles. Oh, my God. And they multiply very quickly. Um, or not quickly for leukemia, like very slow. I have a very yeah. slow cancer. And it crowds out all the other cells and specifically your neutrophil cells, which are the white blood cells that keep you from getting sick. So eventually I have no immune system. And then that's when I have to have chemo and get treated and it knocks out my immune system altogether. And I end up usually in the hospital for about a week and then my cells start coming back. And then I'm like normal person again until okay. 
who knows? Who knows when it'll so happen? There's again. no, there's not a scared time frame. There's, there's, no there's time not a frame. rate that you can kind of measure. Yeah, no. And some people never have a, a relapse. And uh-huh. I, for whatever reason, had a relapse after five years. So I just had okay. my second treatment this past fall. Um, but it's interesting because I also, you know, I have a kid, I have a family, I have a three-year-old. So I have had a kid after having cancer and but it's this new relationship with mortality Mm. it's also this new relationship with like connection to people which is super what my work's about it's all about so um i have i don't feel like i've worked with that directly in my work Mm. but i do feel like it's very important to it and eventually like somehow we'll kind of filter into it but yeah it's 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 a crazy thing to just i mean i almost don't go to the doctor so i don't find out (laughs) no you have to i know i I will say this just for for public service when i found out i had cancer i was having two solo shows i was super stressed out i was teaching full-time between two schools and i just thought i was having panic attacks i was Uh. just getting lightheaded i was tired and I just would get this little flutter and that's all it was. And I went in and I thought, I'm having panic attacks. I'm just stressed out. And they were like, oh, you have cancer. And I was like, Ooh. whoa. Yeah. So don't mess around. Go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I should. I definitely should. It's more of a laziness thing. But no. but yeah, I mean, it is like it's an awareness that I'm old enough that I am going to start having like high blood pressure and stuff like that. Like I do watch, you know, those uh, little... Um, seaweed packets that Mm -hmm. that that they sell yeah i don't eat those those are like that's like so much like fucking sodium oh yeah (laughs) well sugar sodium like everything i know aaron and i just finished a whole 30 vegan whole 30 which is like it's like torture like we just have tortured ourselves for a month where you can't have there's no sugar no carbohydrates no processed foods it's just um just vegetables basically yeah torture but it's like a reset i don't know whatever so then so what would what um in terms of work like in terms of the work can you get a little bit more into the um the relational stuff Mm -hmm. like like why why is that so interesting what triggered that fascination in people like are you have you always been a social person is that is that kind of the, the the center point of that or yeah no i mean i think you know, my my mom was a social worker, so I grew up with a social worker for a mom, like always aware of human relationships, always analyzing my own life or like kind of subconsciously being programmed to do that. Mm-hmm. And I was originally a painter and I was very interested in, I was a figure painter, very interested in painting the space between people and that like kind of energy, like having these kind of charged negative spaces And when I went to grad school, grad school does what it does. It's like rips you apart, right? And asks you to consider what you think is really important. And I remember having a studio visit with someone, and I won't say who it was, but they were like, you shouldn't be making the work that you're making right now. This work is like, you know, a ripoff and um, you need to look at yourself and see what's unique about yourself. Like what's important to you. Like you need to dig in and like figure that out. I know. (laughs) And, uh, and I was like, well, why am I painting the illusion of a space that I could make happen in real physical life? And that's when I started making my first sculptures that would like build put position people into that charged negative space and it creates this like this place of like intimacy this comfort 
and uncomfortableness. You know, it's kind of like some of the pieces are like sort of like being under the covers with somebody else when you put your head under and there's that like hotness of the breath and you can kind of smell it. And there's like this energy that happens between the bodies. And I don't know, I'm just really interested in that. And so when all of, you know, our social interaction started to move online, it's like, just it you know it makes a part of me die because yeah. i'm such a, a, a embodied person i'm such a embodied knowledge like physical kind of person but it seems like it wasn't just the physicality of making a 3d object but the interactivity that got you excited right yeah. like that that also seems like that was part of the missing element when people interact with the pieces is it usually strangers or is it mostly like people that come to the shows together like all all of the above all of the above yeah okay. and it's always a different experience and you know it's, it's interesting because I've never really wanted to be a performance artist but I've found that people enjoy being in my work with me and I think it's because they they can ask me questions about the work and I I notice that they stay in it longer when I'm talking with them and sort of sharing with them because there becomes this like comfortable connection between the two of us. Um, And then, you know, there's also like I had this cloud piece and it was in a a performance show, which sometimes I get invited to do these performance shows, which is like I make sculpture. So I have to install and deinstall. It's very Mm. not it's like it's very labor intensive kind of performance. But it was this giant suspended cloud that you could go inside of and there was a, a sort of romantic memory map on the inside and there's sound happening and I, I was doing this one night show, it was like four hours long and then we had to install the same night and I had to wait about a half an hour to deinstall my piece because there were people inside of it making out. <laughs> I just was like, I don't want to interrupt them, you know. Um, but then it's also like, people will put it on with a stranger and that's a whole different thing yeah so i know it's all above all of the above are you cool are you cool with uh it going beyond making out in your pieces i i am (laughs) i'm like let's get it dirty (laughs) wipe it down yeah i mean i at at a certain point i started using a lot more marine vinyl so it's like it's very wipe offable yeah think about these things but not because that's happened before yeah no 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 it hasn't but you know i this blue piece which you can't really maybe you can see in the background or not that is a that's that is was in my wedding. I made a piece for Aaron and I to wear while we were getting married. So the the neck thing, the, yeah, the, the this no this blue piece. It's in a oh the one that's yeah, in the bag. It's in a, it's in a bag. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. But um, but yeah. That is oh my god! I, I wonder how many like ridiculous ideas artists have at their weddings that their that their spouses have to put up I, with. I'm, that's probably should be a show like a really big show <laughs> and they become a bridezilla about uh, it yeah it's my art it's my day right exactly uh, well yeah and i and you know that piece was on the dance floor and i remember another couple putting it on and i was kind of like am i okay with this <laughs> fine so then how did how did the piece make you guys interact well, I thought it was like our third ring. So we put it on after our, um, we did like kind of a funny marriage ceremony. It was really sort of sweet. But we put it on after our rings and we were in it. And then that's when we did our kiss mm. inside of that. In so, private? 
No, in public, yeah. Oh, okay. So people could still see your face. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was like a privacy box for the kids. No, well, it's like half privacy box, so it sort of gets lower right here. So like, I think that that I think maybe I'm just confusing the 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 piece, and that's the one that I saw. Oh, maybe. And and it's not VR goggles where people are staring into each other's eyes, no. but but the in, but it like locks people into place. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. definitely. But I have made goggle pieces too. There's like a these golden hour goggles that I made um, that are like sunglasses that are tubes and they're plastic and it glows kind of pink yellow on the inside while you're like staring into somebody's eyes very weirdly. Yeah. Well, it was lovely having you. Can we promote anything for you? Is there anything coming up? Um, I have a show opening tomorrow. It's probably too, it will be too late. Yeah. To, to but it's, so, it's, we still do it. Yeah. Or, uh, where, where's it at? We still promote it so that people know you. Yeah, stuff. it's at a small artist-run space called Idlewild. It's part of Keystone Galleries, so uh, or what's Keystone Art Spaces. What's that? Sorry. What's Keystone? Um, I I'm, I'm not an expert on it. It's like a group of artist studios, and within there, this artist Mickey Tong has a space called Idlewild that he uses as a kind of gallery space, and they curate shows and do different things. So I'm gonna be in a group show there. Um, and then the only other thing I have coming up right now is uh, the show in Sweden. So Sweden, yeah. and then you you're you're you just had a show, so it's not this year, but next year that you'll have another show at TSA that you're curating. Curating, yeah. yeah so in it's a, every other year. New, every other year. Yeah. So I haven't figured out what that will be yet, but we don't really have like a schedule yet. I think we're since we're all like kind of new. Mm -hmm. Everybody's just like, oh wait, yeah. <laughs> let's propose what are shows. We doing? Yeah, how do we do this? Let's, yeah, make it happen. Yeah, yeah that's good. But I mean, I, I shouldn't be telling people that we're disorganized. No, no, we're not. We're actually very organized. It's more like I don't think people just came in with proposals ready, you know, yeah. so that so then like we had to take uh, invite other people to send proposals like we invited Samuel Scharf because uh, we know like you know sometimes when we don't have enough shows we need shows no, which is <laughs> i think it's also very cool to invite guest curators i think yeah, that yeah. that's a, an opportunity also so no and it's also a necessity sometimes yeah, you know yeah. when when like we're not ready because i mean putting to get curating a show takes time you got to go to do studio visits especially a group show that's right. even more work right right and it's not like it's not like you have it probably most people don't come into it an expert like it's you got to kind of see it happen a couple times before you can do it I yeah. think so yeah yeah so then and then uh, where can people find you do you have a website I do my website's my name so www.liznerberg.com I have not heard so anyone say www <laughs> in a long time <laughs> I told you I was I'm dating myself I'm, I'm old do you know do you know what I miss the information superhighway oh, we, yeah. we, we could have gone off of a whole 90s oh, thing boy. but I always do that when I talk to someone of my generation I'm like oh the 90s oh my goodness yeah the whole episode on the 90s but you're good. Gen X I am Gen X I'm last year Gen X. Uh, yeah, I'm see? cusp Gen X. It's because we're both a little cynical. I yeah. think that's it's the oh, connection. Yeah. Yeah. And apathetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were Gen sold X, that for but, years. Yeah. We were like, that is the brand. That is literally all the advertising for us yeah. was all for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I remember, I always love to remember, remember right before the millennial, like 98, 99, yeah. 97, yeah. how the future looks so bright. Oh, and now yeah. we're here and it's just like, after 2000, it was like frosted tips boy oh, yeah. bands it was like what happened it was like grungy it was still kind of like it just got so corporate in the yeah. 2000s yeah i mean yeah it's I, I, it was cool back then i don't know i i think you know it's 
That's why the music is still popular. <laughs> is it? No, maybe it's not. <laughs> well, the, the the rap is definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, yeah. my rap is so dated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 90s rap is like is so awesome to me and I'm like, "Yeah." And then and then like no one gives a shit. No. Uh, but I feel like you can still turn on the radio and hear it. Yeah, but that's for us. Right. That's because we're still alive. Oh, because we're listening to the radio. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Right. Ah, okay. uh, uh, that that wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, nobody listened to this. Nobody listened to this or watched this. It's oh there. no, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then you're at Liz Nuremberg. Is there an underscore? No. No. Okay. No, and cool. then uh, just yeah, Instagram at Liz Nuremberg. Yeah. All right. So, no TikTok. No YouTube. I've seen a couple of videos on TikTok, but I wouldn't look for me there. All right. Yeah. You, <laughs> well, if you've seen videos, there's then it doesn't necessarily mean you posted yeah, videos. I have not. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting way of saying that. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening or watching. We'll be back next week with another artist guest with another topic that may or may not be art related. Today's was very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No problem.